Hi, everyone. You are listening to or watching and or watching an open dialogue. I'm Violet Howe. I'm Tadra Candle. And uh, yeah, you might be listening and watching or you might just be listening. We hope you're I not just watching. It could just be and watching, but I don't think it would be as interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe like guess, our facial expressions are really. Right, right. And I think you can do closed captions. So if you oh, don't well, like then you might be listening or no, you might yeah. be watching and reading. You might be watching and reading. Yes. There you go. We are fine. We do not discriminate whatever you want to do, however you want to do yes. it. However you would like to consume our material. We're just happy to be consumed. We <laughs> so, Violet, it is December. How did this happen? How did this happen? I don't know. Like, I Yeah, I don't. How did it become December already? Wasn't it just January? I'm pretty sure yeah. it was. Pretty sure it was yeah, of last year. It was just January of 2020 and the world was still full of hope. You know, I'm not your Christmas shopping done. I haven't even started. I, we don't do we don't do a lot of Christmas shopping. We tend to um, and this year especially I have been very um, this this is a whole different podcast topic, but I have been very um, aware of, um, you know, the, the the two things, the kind of emails and, and messages that we get not only through TV so much, but I feel like it's coming through email and, and internet more, uh, you know, with where they're trying to put us into a panic. Like, do you know you only have blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> right. and, um, and, and so, and, and I've been very aware, I've been practicing a lot of yoga nidra lately. So I, I observe without judging. So I'm like, hmm, this email is specifically designed to make me feel like there's a panic. that there's Right, a right, panic. to induce that panic. Exactly. And I've also been um, been aware of the fact that I really don't need to. Um, we have culled down our, our gifts and because we try to be um, smarter consumers, we really have, as a family, moved more toward non-tangible gifts and, um, and also we try not to buy firsthand. I mean, sometimes you have to, but... Um, but we try to shop sustainably. So um, I, I follow a, a particular blogger who has this really, really great gift guide to how to shop and, and a holiday more sustainably. So, um, so we share that. What it, what is the blog? Um, she is the oh gosh, her name's Danny. I'm gonna. Look I didn't mean up. to put you on the spot. We can always no, no, put, no. We can always link it in the. Yeah, the she. Her name is. Her name um, is Danny, and she is um, the something sustainable. Hold on. Uh, oh yeah, sustainably, sustainably kind living. Danny Alvarado. She lives in. Um, she lives in Italy. She's American, but she lives in Italy, and uh, she came back to. I think she's from the Chicago area and she came back to Chicago this year and she did say, which I, I was very interested in, that it was much easier to live sustainably and simply in Italy than it was when she went to Chicago. She was like, wow, it's, it's, I, I understand. I think she has three boys and um, lives a really, what, what looks like a very idyllic life there. She's, she's very honest though. Like she'll show you, what she's doing, um, she her big thing has been this year, uh, fashion, fast fashion, which is horrible. We we have a lot of fast fashion options now, right? That are really terrible, not only for the planet but also for human rights, because it's the the people who are involved in making this fast fashion, right? It's not a good thing for them at all. Um, 
but uh, yeah, she something that she posted earlier uh, this this season, I think right after Thanksgiving, really struck a nerve with me. It was that um, something like ninety three percent, and I don't have that. I should look it up, but that we have clothes in our closet that we n have not worn in over a year. It's crazy. Well, that was one thing in in downsizing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. I'm sorry. I was lucky. Okay. Yeah, I froze on the screen. So oh, I know we I were having internet issues yeah. before we started. So we might have them again. We'll <laughs> see. But I, um, I know one of the things in downsizing, like we very much went through and cleaned out clothing and clothing that we don't use or that we never wear. Yeah. And we have very, very limited um, clothing space in this like, you know, RV situation that we're in. So we um, have kind of adopted a, if something new comes in, something old has to go out or like if, you know, if I bring something else in, then I have to replace it. And um, so it's funny in thinking of terms of, of Christmas and shopping and things like that. Um, I definitely need to tell my parents, like, don't buy anything, you know, that, that, well, just in, in thinking of terms of space or thinking of yeah. terms of, of how we would use it or whether or not we would use it. And so right. it, it definitely, it's funny how different um, decisions that you make then affect your mindset about, you know, what you're consuming, what you're buying, what you're keeping on hand, what you're having. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the the things that I was talking about, 80% of all Black Friday purchases in 2020 ended up being tossed away after zero to one uses. Wow. I wonder how they get those figures, but that's astounding. Like, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, th that one came from um, building a circular economy by Green Alliance and re uh, resource recovery from waste program. Um, during Black Friday 2020, consumers spent $9 billion online shopping, up to 21.6% over the year before, um, making last year's event the most polluting ever. Yeah, it's, it's, and we could definitely do a whole nother podcast on this topic, yeah. but I I had read um, a little bit about clothing and like how, you know, what happens to clothing that's no longer used. And obviously, yeah. um, you know, some clothing makes its way to thrift stores. Some clothing makes its way to donation centers. Um, some clothing makes its way to being used again. But yeah. a lot of clothing ends up in dumps and a lot yeah. of clothing ends up, even clothing that's sent to other countries, then ends up just in piles there and it's not yeah. used and it's a big exactly. waste thing. But well, that's, that's not why we're here today. No, it's not. We'll talk about this in 2022 because this, yes. this is definitely. Um, it is a good a topic. So yeah, let's earmark that on our little list of like yeah. list of topics we think we might want to discuss. We're going to put a pin in it because this is our, our last uh, podcast of 2021. And we it thought is. we would do a, a wrap up of the year, the year that was bum, 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 2021. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, I'm still not like, for me, I still think it's 2020. I, I, I really have never gotten. I, I, I think it's been a continuation of the dumpster yeah, fire. So it's just so. kind of been like one didn't end and the other. Yeah. And, and I saw you and I were talking about what a great year 2022 was going to be. And literally like an hour later, I saw that meme I that know. was like, Stop claiming 2022 is your year. We're all going to walk in quietly. We're not going to make a sound. We're going to be very respectful. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 I keep hoping we're going to get a reprieve from the last couple of years, but we'll see. So pop culture in 2021, we did start to, I think so many things in 2020 kind of were put on pause and, and were, you know, we, 
although we did have some interesting phenomena emerge in, in 2020, I didn't really, you know, like the whole Tiger King thing and whatever. My, my kids watched it. I, I never was like, I, I never did that. But, um, but 2021, we've had, we've had an interesting um, shift in some things. I've actually, you were saying that you, you've seen fewer movies this year than you think possibly Ever. in a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I've probably seen more because more movies were um, uh, showed, streamed. Yeah. And so I was able to, to see more things that generally um, I think, honestly, I think we went to the movies once. We'll probably, we'll, we'll go again this week definitely because spider-man's coming out um and there's a couple of others that i that i do want to see but uh but movie wise it's and and honestly I, I was thinking about this this morning it does feel like maybe this maybe this goes movies maybe this goes tv whatever it, it almost feels like everything old is new again um we're, we're seeing a lot of reboot a lot of right reboot. yeah so which we touched upon in our we discussion did. about rome we did yeah. um I think it's it's interesting to see how much of this will become our new normal. Right. Um, you know, the the there's been a huge controversy about the studios releasing to streaming at the same time that they're releasing in the box office or releasing to streaming without releasing in the box office. I know um, a lot of people may have heard about Scarlett Johansson suing because Black Widow came out um according to how she understood her contract, it was going to come out box office for a certain amount of time and then go to Disney streaming. Disney made the decision to release it simultaneously. And I just think, I, I do think there's still some hesitancy to go back into the theaters with, with COVID and with that situation. And it's going to be interesting to see how this all pans out and becomes normal with Theaters attending um, movies at the theaters with streaming being so popular, so many more people streaming now. So it'll be interesting to see if this changes our movie going experience forever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know that things are ever going to go back to the way they were where it was in the box office for a certain amount of time. And then what seemed like forever later, it would be available on streaming services right. or DVD. Right. And, um, I do think that has changed. I do think there's going to be a new business model moving forward. And I think they're all trying to kind of figure out what that is. I think I saw less movies because I love the theater experience. I love going to the theater. And there's just, um, I don't set aside as much time at home to watch either streaming television or movies. And so I think that when there's something in the theater, I make a point of going to see it in the theater and setting aside that time because it's going to be there and then be gone. And so it's, it's more of a priority for me. I think when it's streaming, I kind of am like, yeah, I'll watch it at some point. And I just don't make it as much of a priority to watch it. So, but what would you say? Um, can you pick like a favorite movie that you saw this year? Or are there any movies that you saw this year that stood out to you? Oh, well, we, we did go the, the one uh, movie that we went to the theater to see was black widow. In fact. Um, and, and it was, it was, we went to earning a matinee and uh um, and the, the funny story about that was that we went to it and the theater that is close to where we live now um we actually hadn't moved yet but we had been with our our granddaughter and um and we went in and, and there was nobody else there we went like an hour early to get our tickets like you know complete news <laughs> like you would normally do with a morning right. movie well, and actually we went because we were going to have, we were, we went to eat in between okay. times. We thought, well, we'll get our tickets. We'll go eat. We'll come back. And um, the lady said to me, 
um, how old are you? And I was like, why? You know, and she said, oh, well, I, I, you might qualify for a senior rate. And I was like, oh, well, sure. If you're going to, if you're going to save me money, sure. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be old. Yeah. I'll be I'll admit my age. Right. Um, so, but I was like, oh, and she said, no, it didn't have anything to do with you looking old. I just asked blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, sure. It didn't lady. But then she turned the screen and said to me, pick your seat. And I haven't done this before. The theater that we used to go to regularly, just, you know, you, you chose your seat when you went inside. So I'm, I'm touching the screen. And she's like, it's not a touch screen. I thought, well, now I really do seem like I qualify for the senior citizen. Right? I said, oh, yeah, OK, well, we'll take we'll take this one and this one. And then I, I felt stupid. But um, anyway, um, we, I, and I, I really enjoyed Black Widow. You know, it was Marvel. Um, we did not go to see the next release, uh, the next two releases actually, um, uh, Shang-Chi and I'm, I might be saying this wrong, and the, um, the Legend of the Twelve Rings. We did not see, we saw that one um, streaming. Streaming. And, and the, um, the Eternals, we did not go see either. It didn't have anything to do with not wanting to go see them. We did, it was timing. We just, right. we just, we just haven't had, it's been right. a very, very crazy couple of months. So, um, and we were going to go try to see Eternals, but um, I just saw it's going to start streaming in January. So I'm like, no, 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 we'll just wait. Well, and I do think that's what's going to happen is that yeah. like, it's easier to watch it when it's streaming because you're watching it on your own schedule. Right. And, and so I think in some ways that gives people more access to see them, but in some ways people may like be like me and they never get around to watching it because they feel like, oh yeah, I can, I can watch it anytime. And I, right. and I feel like when it's in the theater and I know it's a limited run, then I make the effort to go and see it if it's something I want to see. So right. piggybacking other... on your story about the touchscreen, um, we went to a theater and this was when they were first starting to do the recliners and, and they weren't, the recliners weren't everywhere yet. Right. And so we went to a theater that we'd been to many times before, but we had not been there in quite a while. And so, um, the lady, this was, you know, before you chose your own seats or whatever. And she asked if there was any place in particular we would like to sit. And I was like, oh, we, we pick our seats. And she's like, yeah. And I said, well, we want something that has like an aisle in front of it. Um, cause we like having the room in front of right. us. Yeah. And she's like, they all have an aisle in front of them. And I was like, no, no. What I mean is like <laughs> an aisle, you know, where people would walk through and she's like, they all have an aisle. And I, and I, and I'm sitting here, she's looking at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm kind of thinking like, she's a little slow on the uptake of like, why is she not? Obviously you can walk through every row, but she's not getting that. I mean, an aisle. What was so funny, I finally just picked seats and we went in and with the recliners, it's so wide in front of each seat. And I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And you, you probably weren't even 54. Exactly. Not yet. Not no. yet. So, but anyway, um, I did see Black Widow. Um, did not like, I love Marvel movies, love uh, Scarlett Johansson, love Florence Pugh. I did not like Black Widow as much as I had hoped I would like it. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I did, I did go see that. And my first back to the theater experience after, you know, the dumpster fire of 2020 was Cruella. And I really, really enjoyed that. I thought that, um, you know, Emma, Emma Thompson was great. Emma Stone was great. Um, I loved the soundtrack. I bought the soundtrack literally on the way home so I could listen to it again. Loved the costumes. So that one was a fun one to do in theaters. And then um, 
the only other one that I did in theater, if I remember correctly, we went to see Ryan Reynolds, um, Selma Hayek, and Samuel L. Jackson Jr. in The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Oh, bodyguard. Yeah. 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 And um, if you if you like those three, if you like those three actors right. and you liked the first one, then the second one was really funny. Um, the person that I went with at the end of the movie looked at me and said, well, that plot was kind of weak. And I just died laughing because, like, I don't go see Ryan Reynolds, Samuel L. Jackson, and Salma Hayek in a shoot 'em up film for the plot. So I was like, uh, yeah, there was a plot? What? So, yeah. But um, but it was funny. Um, I definitely want to see Eternals. I want to see, like, there's a lot of them that have come and gone that I wanted to see. Spencer, yeah. you and I are still right. trying to figure out right how to see yeah um, but yeah it's it's as you know it's been a crazy crazy year for us too schedule wise yeah and i think when we look that one of the ones that i want to see right now actually two movies that are out right now that i want to see are again this this it's not a new franchise it's not marvel one is um the the ghostbusters the new ghostbusters yeah. movie because our family loves it now my sister's been to see the new one and said it was adorable. So I, I really do want to go see that. And the other is West Side Story. I want to go yeah, see that. Yeah, I definitely too. want to see that. I definitely So, want to see. you know, and again, these are, but these are both either remakes or in, in franchises that are at least 35 years old. Right. So. Right. Nostalgia, I think. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. There's so much uncertainty that there's some comfort found in nostalgia and in the known. Right. Um, right. I, John made the point, we were talking about um, movies that were out on Netflix and we have um, one of his aunts like we tend to have the same taste in movies and television that she does and so we kind of like always trade off of like okay what are you watching um, because we know you know those are safe recommendations that we're probably right. going to really like them mm -hmm. and we were talking about after a conversation with her there's almost too many shows and movies right now because like there's yeah. so much I want to watch that's on Netflix there's so much I want to watch that's on Prime there's so much I want to watch that's on Hulu there's so much I want to watch that's on HBO Max like it's Absolutely. and Disney of course there's there's so many different options and with all of the streaming companies making their own movies and making actually such great television we have really really good television options right now and yeah. so it's kind of like there's almost too much and um I don't I don't I don't watch a lot at home. I have so much else going on at home that, you know, we have to, we kind of like set aside time of like, okay, Friday night, we're going to sit and watch or okay, Sunday night, we're going to sit right. and watch. And so um, I feel like there's a lot out there that I really want to see, but that I just haven't been able to make time for. So um, we would love to hear in the comments, whatever your recommendations are for movies that you've seen this year that really stood out to you. So guys, if you're listening, watching, reading, however you're consuming, <laughs> Um, let us know what your recommendations are for movies from 2021. Now, interestingly, um, television, I feel like I consumed a lot this year because a lot of what I was doing, um, you know, packing up to move right. and whatever. And, and I think there's there's a duality there. First of all, I was doing so much packing up to move. And I, I, I am, if, if you're a Becca person, I am high in input. So I always have to have yes. something and I have to have music or a podcast or something and and tv was one of them so i really um i have i i watched a lot of of tv this year um and also then i think because my husband and i were always so kind of frazzled that was our our thing at the end of the day okay we're gonna sit and we're gonna watch this um 
particularly, I had been resisting. Do you ever have this where somebody, everybody in the world is saying, oh. You have to watch this. You have to watch this. And you're just like, I no. don't have any, right? So I went to, um, I went to back. I've, I've never seen any of the Back to the Future movies or the Karate Kid movies. Well, I will that's, say. And Cobra, that's why, because yeah. there was so much hype at the time. I was, you know. Cobra I, I was Kai was, was kind of one of our things this year, too. Um, but uh, we, um, I, I, I went to Better Faster Academy, uh, the, the Beccacon. The, right, Beccacon. Right, and everybody is talking about Ted Lasso and they're doing this. And I was like, you know what? I, no, I just don't want to do it. Well, I don't remember what happened, but my, uh, I kept seeing it. The thing is, even before it, I kept seeing the ads for it. And even before I heard people talking about it. Right. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't even the memes. It, it was just, it was just a couple of ads. And I said to my husband, like, even before the first one came out, just when they were teasing it, the first season, I said, I would really like to see this because I love sports. So... For me, this sounded really good. It's in England. It's a football coach who goes to coach soccer. I was like, and he was just so not interested. He was like, yeah, whatever. So right before we moved, like maybe two weeks before we moved, maybe less than that, I started just watching. I watched the first episode on my own. And uh, and then I watched another one. He happened to be there. And he, I saw he, he was like, you know, watching whatever. So then the next night, I think I turned it on. He was like, wait, are you watching Coach Ted without me? <laughs> well, I was, he was like, no, 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 wait. And so that was, that will always be kind of for me, our, when I, when I think about the first two seasons of Ted Lasso, it will always be our transition moving from Winter Springs to where we are now, because the first few nights, we didn't have the TV set up. We didn't have a sofa. We didn't have anything, but we would sit at the kitchen table and we would put it on my computer and yeah. we'd sit there and watch it. Or we'd go lay on the bed and sit there and watch it. And that was getting us through. Um, and we, we finally had got the TV set up and watched it. So Ted Lasso was, it was definitely one that we loved um, and, and are really excited about the next season. So, um, and I also then after Ted Lasso was over, I got hooked on the morning show. Which oh, I love the morning show. Oh wow, what a roller coaster that is! Love it, love it. Yes, what and my sister was watching it at the same time, so we were like, "Did you see?" You know, Friday would come and we'd be like, "Ah," you know. Did I you? I felt like well, I feel like Jennifer Aniston. That's probably one of my favorite roles I've ever seen her in. But with Jennifer Aniston, actually, all three of them—Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell—I mm. felt like it was so different. Yeah. than what they normally play, that it was so refreshing to see them in like yeah. a totally different role and kind of see them flex their acting muscles in a different direction. And it was totally une unexpected. Like I didn't, I, I kind of knew, okay, it's loosely, loosely based on the Today Show, the Matt Lauer thing, like the Me Too movement. Like I kind of had some, you know, some idea of, of where they were going. But it was such a roller coaster, like all the places that they took you and just all the emotions that you went through. That show has humor. It has heart wrenching. It has queasy. It, it just has everything. Like I right. just felt like it was really very much a, a roller coaster. And I, I actually had a friend who I called and I was like, you have to come to my house and watch this show because she didn't, you know, she didn't have Apple. And she ended up after we watched two episodes and she ended up just, you know, getting Apple because she wanted to, to finish it. But um yeah, that was a really good show. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be one of those shows that in generations they'll look back and see because it really is capturing an epic in time. Yeah. 
almost in real time because uh, for me one of the eeriest things is at the and this is not a spoiler um because it isn't um so as you said it is encapsulating the me too movement and really what was going on in you know the the late teens and and into 2020 but um I believe it's the last episode of the first season or the first episode of the second season. It's New Year's Eve. And and you're seeing the the you know the aftermath of Times Square. So it's 2019 going into 2020. And you see on the little crawler there, and it's saying something about uh, a virus and Wuhan. And then you see somebody walk past and they sneeze. And it just gave me shivers. Right. Oh my right. gosh! And then they in the in that season they they unwind you know what it was like yeah. and you and you remember what it was like for you because this this just happened for us you know really right, right. so you're thinking oh yeah I remember the first time I heard it I remember when when people started to talk about it. I remember when it became real when it became you know more than just oh this country across right you know, right. Across the has it it's it was it was everybody so i think that it's going to really become kind of this little time capsule for for where we were in 2019 2020 2021 yeah because they kind of weave in um and there's been some i know i know like the you know the law and order and, and some of those shows weave in headlines and weave in current events yeah. and i think it was very very well done the way the morning show did that um we watched and now, and, and I cannot, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it was, um, oh, um, is it Mosquito Coast? That's the name of it, I think. It was, okay. it's, it, it was a book and then Harrison Ford made oh, the movie yeah. and then yeah. um, Justin Theroux was in the series and we watched that. And it's one of those where like we watched it or we're glued to it, but I, but it's not something that at the end I would be like, oh, my gosh, you have to watch this. Like it right. was almost like more disturbing than anything else. Just the the mm -hmm. I didn't feel like there were any characters that I was rooting for. You know, there were no characters. <laughs> and I was like, yes, you can do it. Like I, I, I didn't really care for the characters. So, you know, when you're watching the show and you're almost hoping that something happens to them, it's kind of <laughs> not, not good. But um. One show that we've been obsessed over this year is um, Yellowstone. And I've heard that. Yeah, I have. It's seen. one of those that I'd heard a lot of hype about. And one of my friends called me who never, ever watches televisions or, or movies. Like she's very, very, um, very short attention span. And she never watches TV or movies. And she called me and was like, okay, I'm telling you that you have to watch this. And I was like, whoa, okay. Yeah. And, uh, and we've really loved it. Um, it's, it's one of those shows, unfortunately, I'm just going to be honest, the first season was great. And then it's like one of those where you're you're waiting, you're chasing that high of the first season. I don't feel yeah. like any of the other seasons have lived up to the first season. But um, but it's still some really clever writing, gorgeous scenery. It's it's uh, was filmed largely in, in Utah. This season's being filmed more in Montana. But um, gorgeous scenery, really interesting characters. There's a character in it named Beth who... Her lines, I mean, she is she is the best villain. Oh, my God. There, there's nothing she won't do. There's nothing she won't say. I've read interviews with the writer. Um, the, the gentleman who, who writes it also did 
uh, Sicario. He did Wind River. He did um, From Hell and High Water. So we really, we really like his work. We've liked a lot of, of his movies and his shows. And he has said that she's the most fun character to write because there's literally nothing he can't have her do or say. She has no ambitions. She has no morality. She has no, you know, black or white. Like she's, and, um, and I saw an interview with the actress who said she enjoys it as much as the viewers do, because when she gets the script, she has no idea what her character is going to do or say. And so, um, so that's been fun. We've really, um, we've really enjoyed that show. And my mom and dad are watching it. One of my sons is watching it. The other son is like, yeah, cowboys. But, um, but it's really good. It's a, it's a good, um, drama. You know? Are you going to watch the prequel? Are you going to watch the, the, what is I was very excited about the 1883. I was very excited about the prequel. It has, yeah. um, Tim McGraw, who I love and Sam Elliott or just looking at him. Um, it has Sam Elliott, it has Billy Bob Thornton. It has, um, Faith Hill. It, it has, um, I guess Tom Hanks is going to be doing a guest spot. Ooh. Like, so it has a great cast. Yeah. The challenge is they have hyped it so much during yeah. Yellowstone, so many previews and so many snippets and so many things that I'm sick of it. Like it hasn't come uh, out yet and I'm already yeah. sick of it. So I'm sure we'll probably, I think it comes out on December 19th mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure we'll probably watch it um, because you know me, I don't want to be left out of anything. So <laughs> I want to know what's going on. But yeah, they have overhyped it, and I hate when they do that. And, and you're already sick of a, you know, sick of something before it gets here. So, well, we did a lot of British TV too this year because um, what what usually happens is that we'll we'll watch a show, we'll watch a whole season if we could watch whole seasons. Um, you know, we'll we'll binge it um, because as my husband says, we really don't like to have to like meet new people and you know, get to know new things. So, but, so when I am away, so I was away for um, a little over a week at, at Nink and then I was away. Were you at Nink? I was. <laughs> you might remember me washing dishes. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> um, I, uh, and then I was away for about five days, six days when I went to a, a virtual conference that I went away to to uh, to consume and so whenever i'm away he he doesn't he can't watch the things we watch together so then he will like venture out and find other things so um one show that he uh that he found that we really liked was called unforgotten and it's a british drama about uh and each season is is a different crime it's it's a police, oh nice it's a police drama i have to add this to my yeah, Unforgotten. There's three seasons. Of the, no, four seasons. Sorry. Yeah, four okay. seasons. Um, and uh, it, you know, it, it begins with the discovery of a body. And, you know, clearly a, a body that has been around for a while or has been hidden for a while. And then you, they, they bring in all these different people and you have no idea at the beginning how they're connected. Like they, they show this guy who's a politician. They show somebody who's living on the streets. They show this and that. And then as the season goes on and they're investigating, you know, to try to find out what happened to this person, how they, how they died, who caused their death and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, brings everybody together and you start to see how it's working. It's very, very cleverly done. Um, what so network? It's on, uh, it's BBC. We watched it on, um, I think we watched it on Prime. So I okay. think it's on Prime. Um, I'm not positive about that, but it's called Unforgotten. And it's, it's really very good. Um, 
the acting is good, the writing is good. Um, it's just overall a well done, a well done uh, piece of writing. Um, we also started watching, I actually started watching uh, the US version of the sitcom Ghosts, which I was like, again, I, I just turned it on by myself because I was in the middle of doing something. And it was so cute that I ended up watching the first three episodes. And then while I was away, um, my husband and my daughter went back and watched the first episode of the UK version. And my husband and I got hooked on that because again, there were four, four, three, three seasons of that on the UK. And I think they've just been renewed for the fourth. So the UK version is a little different. And I actually, I like the, the US version, but it's so new, it's hard to see where it's going. But right. the UK version, very, very well done. It's just the, the idea, it's a sitcom. So you're like, oh, really, how, how deep can this be? But the idea is that this young couple moves into the house that the wife has inherited, and it's in horrible condition. Um, and she has a fall and she bumps her head and she kind of has a death experience. And after that, she can see the ghosts who are living in the house. And they're all, they're, they're people like down in the basement, there's the, a plague pit. So there's all the people who stay down in the basement where the oh people who died during the plague. And then upstairs, there's like in the, in the UK version, it's a, a like an, a man from prehistoric times. Um, there's, I think they call him Thor. Um, and then there's, there's, you know, different people from different eras of time, all the way up to, to very close to modern. So it's just, it's just very well done. I mean, you, you think really, how can they do this? But it's, it's hysterical. And it's also very, um, very uh, emotional, too. It's, it's right. I, I very much enjoyed it. So I recommend that one. Um, yeah. So that one's been good. And of course, then we're talking about everything old is new again. They did a reboot of Dexter, which we were never Dexter fans. So, but my kids have watched the third season of, third season? Yeah, of You. And last week, I was very excited about the reboot of Sex in the City. Oh, and just like that. Just like that. So I'm not going to say, have any spoilers, but I, for one, was very happy with the, the reboot. I mean, I was not surprised by anything that happened. Um, I was really gratified by certain decisions that, that the writers made. Um, I have not seen the reboot yet. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen some spoilers, even though I was trying not to see them, but I have seen them. But um, I will say, since you've seen it, and for those of you who have seen it, you need to check out Ryan Reynolds' video that he oh. released, I think, yesterday. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, speaking of Ryan Reynolds, he's had quite the year this he year. He has had quite um, the year. I did not see Free Guy. That was one of the ones that I wanted to see in the theater that I didn't. It's it's streaming now. I did see the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife, but um, I I saw Red Notice. Yes, we watched Netflix that. And I really yeah. enjoyed it. That was yeah. Ryan Reynolds, uh, Dwayne Johnson, and I never know how to say her name, so I just say oh, one Gal, Gal, Gal. Gal Gadot, yeah. Okay, yeah. Gal Gadot, yeah. You know, yeah. Gal. Yeah. So, I yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It was, it was cute. It was clever. Again, and not I believe they they left the was, door open for yes for future. Yeah. yeah no, I thought it was good. very well done. I was yeah. dying laughing during certain of the. Yes, there were some of them that were hilarious. So, <laughs> I I'm a big 
Ryan Reynolds fan. Like I, he can just make a facial expression and I'll crack up laughing. Like I love, he has a very dry sense of humor, which I, which I love. I love he and Blake Lively, his wife, like the way they dog each other and the way they troll each other. It just cracks me up. But, um, yeah, I, I really, um, I really enjoyed Red Notice. I thought that was good. And, um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think there was another one that was a Netflix one that I saw that I wanted to bring up and I don't remember when you said the unforgotten, I thought you were going to mention the unforgiven that just came out on Netflix with Sandra Bullock and I have not seen it. It's on my like to see this weekend list. And, um, the, the people that I've talked to that have seen it have said it was, it was wonderful. So it's, it looks very, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I can't do too much. Um, how can I say? I can't do too much grit. It yeah. just, you know, there, there's a certain, there's a certain kind that, that I can deal with. Um, yeah. And yeah. And then I, and then I can't. Um, yeah. So, but I, I, it does look, I mean, Sandra Bullock, really. Can't, can't go wrong with Sandy. No, you oh. really can't. You really can't. Um, uh, yeah. Movie I am most excited about for 2021 mm-hmm. is The Matrix 4. Oh. I am ridiculously excited about this. Um, at Nink, uh, we had a, a presenter who used the trailer for The Matrix 4 in her presentation. And I got so excited and I sent it to my son immediately. It was like, we're there. We're going to make this happen. So I'm now in the process of rewatching the original trilogy and just marveling all over again there is so much to unpack in that first film so much symbolism so many sausages in there they didn't put any symbolism in there they meant no references to religion whatsoever i call bullshit because there's just too much in there that is blatant but anyway um love that movie love the music love the costumes love keanu reeves and i just watched this week there's an interview with Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and and they're kind of talking a little bit about the messages that were in the movie and they're talking a little bit about um you know technology and where it's gone and where it's going and it is the most interesting Keanu Reeves interview I've ever seen he's very talkative very humorous laughs a lot um like he's normally just so quiet and so reserved even in interviews and i love him i've always loved him i loved him bill and ted i loved him in the matrix i loved him um john wick like i just i love him i've always loved him and um i think it's hilarious that he and winona Ryder may actually be married based on a movie role that they did where an actual priest performed the ceremony but anyway um, I would encourage you to watch the interview. It's with it's with somebody named Heath, and I'll fi- I'll find it and like post it in the comments because it's a really cool interview if you like him. So, well, I, I think at some point in the past we rented the Matrix or whatever. I I have a feeling that Clint's seen it, and I probably slept through most of <laughs> them. So the other day I was like, hey, they're all on. I don't know. They're either on Apple TV or Paramount. They're on Hulu right now. Okay. Well, I don't think I watch them on Hulu though, because I okay. watch them on something else. So, um, yeah. So I, I turned on the first one and I watched it as I was decorating for Christmas, as one does, you know. <laughs> so, because I thought, oh yeah, I, th- the reason I really would want to see the the fourth one is because Neil Patrick Harris, because I'm an MPH fan. Um, and and I have to say, I was kind of like, eh. 
you know, it was okay. <laughs> and isn't that funny? Like, I, but I love that. I love that there are, like, there's so many things you and I have in common. Yeah. But then there are some things that, like, you watch and are just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm like, eh. And then there's, yeah. some, you know, vice versa. Yeah. Or even with books. Like, there's some people that I tend to have the same book taste right. as they do. But then all of a sudden they'll read one that I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't really yeah. get it. Or, you know, vice versa that I, you know, that I read something and I love it and, and they don't really get it. So I, I, I love that. I love that there are so many different yeah. ways to appeal to people. There are so many different things that people like or dislike, so many different nuances. And to me, that's what, that's what makes what we do as authors great because the same trope or the same basic story can be told over and over and over again but mm -hmm. each person that tells it is going to bring something different to it and it's going people are going to relate to it differently so yeah i just i think that's very cool so what about books was there was there a a book series a book <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you know it's really fun i know you and i are both twilight fans and we've talked about before that right. twilight was kind of our first fandom experience right. or our first fan of obsession experience and then i and then i you know got dragged into the outlander world and all of the fandom right. that that is i have fallen headlong completely obsessed with the from blood and ash series by jennifer l armantrout and she has an amazing 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 spoiler group that just the amount of fan art the amount of conspiracy theories the amount of tributes like it it just i am so obsessed with this world and i have um i i have some some readers that i'm like constantly in a chat with or, or constantly you know reading other books with and, and we've all read it and just you know never tire of discussing it and anytime we find new blood that we can introduce to the series and get them to read it i just love it i i love what um jennifer um jla as she's known to her fans. <laughs> I love what JLA has done with this series, with these characters. I love the way she breaks the rules and does things that are completely unexpected. I love her, her, the, the layers of her world building and all the different ways she weaves things in. And, and I think she's just, I think she's a master at fantasy and I love this series and I'm obsessed with it. And if anyone watching or reading wants to read it and discuss, I'm available. Let's discuss it. <laughs> So I'm really excited about that. Um, uh, the From Blood Nash has a trilogy that is out that you can can read, and then she's also done a spinoff, kind of like a, a prequel or almost like an origin series um, that is um, A Shadow in the Ember. And the first one in that is out. And I would recommend reading the first three of From Blood and Ash, then reading that first Shadow in the Ember. And then the next From Blood and Ash book comes out in March. And she's already doing teasers for that in the spoiler group. So definitely obsessed with that. The other one that I found this year, and it wasn't released in 2021, but I found it in 2021, was um, The Discovery of Witches, All Souls Trilogy by Deborah Harkness. And really loved that. I went into it thinking it was about witches, was pleasantly surprised to find that it had vampires and demons and all sorts of other things. And um, really enjoyed that series. And it is on television. Um, AMC, I think, is the 
kind of parent network for it, but it shows on a, there's a couple of different ways you can watch it. And seasons one and two are already out and season three is coming out at the beginning of 2022. So I'm very excited about that. And of course, Outlander has another series of uh, another season coming out on television in and January, I think. Yes, she had a new book come out in November yeah. yes. and I haven't read it yet because no, I, I, I really want to go back and reread. Yeah. And as you know, there's like eight of the prior books and, and they're all huge. And so I have not um, done that yet, but it is on my list. I have the book. I have the new one. Um, Go tell the bees that I'm gone. Mm -hmm. um, but I have not read it yet. So, yeah, I haven't read it yet either. It's What about you for books? What were, what were books that really stood out to you this year? Or was there anything you were obsessed with? I mean, Absolutely. other than all of mine that you read, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, you know, when I think about this year, um, I... I there were there were a couple actually now that I think about it there were a couple earlier in the year that um, were released by an author who I like um, Kristen uh, Hannah no 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 sorry <laughs> that, that sounds like I'm being dismissive it's not it's just it's uh, she wrote she doesn't mean that she doesn't Hannah. like Kristen Hannah she loves no Kristen it doesn't Hannah. it doesn't I'm gonna I have to look on my my thing I will say that I that I um, read a lot of um, nonfiction this year. Um, I, I spent a lot of time uh, deep in nonfiction books. So um, not Kristen Higgins, who I also love. Kristen Callahan. Okay. That's who it is. Kristen Callahan. She had a new one come out in her um, uh, Rockstar series called Exposed, which was very good. And But then she also had, um, and I'm looking to see whether it's on my, yeah, uh, Two come out called one was Dear Enemy, which was very good, a really good one, and the other one um, was something else that I don't see. Oh, Make Sweet, Make It Sweet, both really good. So if you like romance and, and whatever, her books are just amazing, and she has not released anything in in those worlds for a while, so that was good. Um, and other than that, I felt like I just kind of picked up here and there. You know, somebody yeah. Uh, Whoever whoever was releasing books, Serena Bowen released a couple, um, but uh, but yeah, mostly nonfiction. I just finished actually. I finished one nonfiction and am in toward the end of a second right now that I, I recommend. One is I actually have the one right here. We should all be millionaires. Excellent. And apparently she has a podcast, so I haven't listened to it yet. But I I do recommend her book. Excellent, excellent. And the other one I'm reading is called Do Less by Kate Northrup. And that um, was a book that Sky Warren gave us at RAM. And um, I'm very, very, very much enjoying it. So, um, yeah, that's been, that's been my, my jam this year has been nonfiction. And uh, it's been fun. It's been good. And then my, you know. Did we do, was Untamed this year or last year? Everything Untamed. runs together. Untamed was last year, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah, I know it was last year because she the the tour was at the beginning of COVID because she had to make the decision. That's right. Not That's to. right. So, I remember. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, and you know what? I've been all about podcasts this year too. So I've been, I've been, you know, I always listen. Glennon, uh, my kids are so tired, and my husband would be saying, "Well, I was listening to Glennon, Abby, and sister," and they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "No, no, seriously, you have to hear what they said." Um, so I've been, I've been a podcast person this year too. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts um, and uh, enjoying that during my my drives. So anyway.
How about music? What has been Taylor Swift? Oh yeah. I yeah. just, and I've always been a Taylor fan, always through mm -hmm. all of her little incarnations and all the different right. styles of music and, and the way she moves about with it. I've always thought she's a songwriting genius. And, um, I liked red. I actually went to see her in concert during the red tour, enjoyed yeah. the songs on red, but this re-release of red for whatever reason has just really hit me. I've been listening to it nonstop. And I think it's like the ultimate flipping the finger to, to, you know, Scooter Braun and the way that whole thing went down, but also to um, the guy, we won't name him because bless his heart, he's really been raked through the coals this this past couple months with her, um, with having Red re-released. But I just think like to take those songs that she'd already done and redo them and redo them like in a new way or the way she wanted to and have that album chart again and have that album be nominated again and have all of the accolades that she's gotten for it. I just think it's like the ultimate victory lap. And and um, I've kind of like, you know, sat back and been like, tee hee, tee hee hee for her. <laughs> and a friend of mine was like, I think it's horrible that she writes about these guys. And it's like, you know what? If you don't want somebody to write a song about you, one, don't date somebody who's a very famous songwriter. And two, don't treat her like shit when you date her. Like, that's just kind of like, if you date somebody who writes songs about the people that they dated, then you treat them well when you date them. So yeah. I don't feel sorry for anyone and she doesn't name names. I right. mean, it's it, it definitely her Swifties, you know, I, I definitely think they figure out things. But, um, yeah, I, I love her music. I loved um, Folklore and Evermore were last year, and I loved those. And I think those were very calm and chill and meditative for the time that we were in last year. And I think Red has been really good. I, I think I've listened to. And what's funny was on the original Red, I liked All Too Well. But it wasn't like something that I would sit and listen to. And I have this new version of it. I have sat and listened to over and over again. I've watched the movie. I've like really, really enjoyed this song and, and speculating about is the scarf an actual scarf? Is the scarf you know, virginity? Is the scarf symbolic of innocence? Like whatever the scarf is, it's been a very interesting tale. So um, definitely Taylor Swift. Um, Chris Stapleton. We bought tickets to see Chris Stapleton in concert last year. And he was one of the like eight or nine concerts that we had tickets for that got postponed. And um, I knew a couple of his songs. I liked a couple of his songs and he was a very talented songwriter and musician, but I wasn't like a huge Chris Stapleton fan. Mm -hmm. But as you know, I'm more than willing to go to a concert and, and listen because I just enjoy music. And the concert came around and the night of the concert, my husband and I were both like, I'm so tired. Like, should we, should we just not even go? But we were meeting other people there. Mm. So we're like, all right, we'll go. Maybe we'll leave early. It was the best freaking concert. Like I, I, I think I only knew three of the songs and they played for like two, maybe two and a half hours. And I mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed every single song that was played, even though I didn't know the song. The music was so good. The lyrics were so good. The performance was so good that I really, really enjoyed the concert. Ended up downloading, you know, a couple of his albums when I got home. So I've been listening to a lot of Chris Stapleton. And um, um, Manchester Orchestra, I had no idea who they were. I, you and I have discussed this before yeah. that my husband bought tickets and was like, hey, I, I bought tickets for us to go see Manchester Orchestra. And I was thinking like, I don't, I don't know if I was thinking Trans-Siberian Orchestra or what I was thinking, but I was like, oh, great. This is going to be one of his like 
70s bands and I'm not going to know the music, but okay, I'll go. And um, a few nights later, he was playing. We're all, we always have music playing in the background. He was playing music. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I really like this song. And he's like, it's Manchester Orchestra. I'm like, you're kidding. And he's like, no. And then, like, another song comes. I'm, I'm like, I really like this song. He's like, it's Manchester Orchestra. So come to find out, I really, really, really like that yeah. band. Just didn't realize that was who I liked. So mm-hmm. um, they've they've been big on my on my radar and on my playlist this year. And Dua Lipa. Really have enjoyed Dooley. I love her duet with Elton John. Mm-hmm. I think that was very clever of Elton John to kind of reinvent himself for the young folk that way. Yeah. And um, I loved her song, Levitating. And I actually just read an article about it that Billboard named it the top song of 2021, even though it never made it to number one. Hmm. But it was based on the number of weeks that it was on the charts um, consistently. And she had done kind of like a, you know how they'll do versions of the song with different people? Mm-hmm. Like Old Town Road, I think he, he did with like right. 20 different people. Well, she did a version of the song with DeBaby. And then DeBaby had a little bit of controversy. And so at the time, it was riding really high on the charts. And then he kind of like, you know, cracked the bed. And they had um, kind of... DJs started pulling his version and playing her version instead. And so all of a sudden her version, which had been the original version and didn't really score that high on the charts, right. her version took off. And, um, and so I was kind of like, good for her. Cause I, you know, that would be kind of devastating if you'd done a song with somebody and it was charting really yeah. well, and then they do something completely crazy yeah. and you have to kind of disavow them and step away from them. So don't be doing anything like that where I have to like disavow <laughs> you and step away. I'll do but my anyway. best. Um, so yeah, I would say that's Taylor Swift, Chris Stapleton, Manchester Orchestra, and Dua Lipa are my top music plays of the year. Well, you know, I I saw Taylor Swift way, 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 way back. I mean, I've seen her several times, but the first time we saw her, nobody had heard of her. Um, she was a uh, she was a like a one of the little singers at um, Stagecoach in. 2008 and we'd gone to see the Judds because the Judds were singing there and my daughter is a huge Judds fan so am I and so we went to go see the Judds and um and I I actually brought two friends Uh, we drove across the country I flew a friend from Georgia in to see and then one of my friends from California came and we all saw and my friend from Georgia was like I like that little gal I like that little gal and she became this huge Taylor Swift fan and I like Taylor. And I always said that um, um, Taylor, I I like her music, but she was probably, she and Brad Paisley were probably the best showmen. Like the the shows were actually good. uh, We also saw Carrie Carrie Underwood at Stagecoach that year. And Carrie Underwood was, her voice was beautiful. Her voice was better than Taylor Swift's, much. But she was just she did not talk between sets. I don't know whether she was nervous. I don't know. She was still fairly, fairly new then too. She was just very much, I'm here, I'm singing my songs, and then I'm leaving. Whereas Taylor was interacting with people and, you know, Brad Paisley does the same thing and, and Tim McGraw, a bunch of them do. Um, but it was very interesting uh, to, to see the difference between, I think it's where I really started to, to understand the difference between an entertainer and a yeah. singer. And, well, uh, and, it, so- and I definitely don't think that Taylor has the best voice no, no. she's um, a very good songwriter and she is she's a very a great singer. songwriter she's a great storyteller and yeah. and i enjoy her voice i enjoy yes. her singing um have you have you heard at all her story the the song roman 
Did you know anything about that? I don't know. She's, um, and I'm, and I need to make sure that I'm not saying the wrong name because, you know, sometimes I do that and I just like pick a, a, the wrong name out of the air and my brain thinks that it's correct. Um, the story, there was a, a little boy, Ronan, R-O-N-A-N. Right. Um, there was a little boy who uh, unfortunately lost his battle with cancer at the age of four. And his mom had been blogging her experience um, in the hospital with him and, and her experience with losing him and her experience with grieving through him. And somehow Taylor found this blog and was reading it and was heartbroken as, as one would be reading someone else's journey. And she had basically reached out to this mom and asked her permission, like she had written a story and she wanted to perform it. There was a cancer benefit and she wanted to perform this song. And she even used some of what the mom had said in the blog. So she gave that mom songwriting, like co-writer, like a co-writer credit. Um, and because, you know, she had used some of her words and, um, and, and sang this song for him is absolutely just chilling, heartbreaking, mm. poignant song. And it had been performed at that charity, charity benefit and really not performed again. And she reached out to the mom when she was redoing Red and said that, you know, Red is an album of grief and of heartbreak and of, you know, moving past what happens to us. And that mm -hmm. she really felt like Ronan's song needed to be included on Red. And so she included it. And the video, oh, my gosh, it's it's um, it, it's difficult. It's difficult to watch, but it's it's so beautiful. Just the words and the story and the video is all pictures that and pictures and video that the mom provided of Ronan. And um, it's I've got chills now just thinking about it. I, you know, it's hard because I hate to say, like, watch it. It'll break your heart. But it's yeah. so I just, you know, I feel like I, I, I would want his story to be told and want his story to be out there. And, and his yeah. mom talked about what a, what a special thing it's been to be included on Red and to have his his pictures and his video and, and, and people react to it and relate to it. And so that's a beautiful, beautiful song that if you haven't checked that out on the new version of Red or if you haven't watched the video for Ronan, um, I, I would yeah. recommend doing it. You're going to need tissues, but but it's definitely a beautiful, beautiful song. So. Well, aside, yeah, aside from Taylor, um, Ed Sheeran had a new album come out this year, and mm -hmm. I'm a big Ed Sheeran fan, so um, I, I've enjoyed that. I will say that I think, in keeping with the everything old, new again, I have been like Beatles. Um, I watched the, uh, the three-part documentary, Get Back, um, and it's not something, I, I told everybody in my family, it's not something you have to sit and watch. It's more like, I could I could be doing other things because it's 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 basically just footage, you know. I right, mean, right. You know, it was it was very interesting to me that um, that even back then the uh, the producers had hidden a microphone in a centerpiece where John and Paul think that they have moved away from the cameras and they think they've gone out to have lunch by themselves. And the producers put a microphone in the centerpiece, un unbeknownst to them. So the conversation you're hearing is completely th with their expectation. Unfiltered, of yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, what was gratifying to me about this was that it, it showed that they were still, this is, you know, this is in 1969, and they are, um, they are just four lads. And they're still, they're, they're just four friends who are still 
interacting the same way. Yes, there have been some changes. You know, uh, at this point, um, George had really gone into the Hare Krishna right. movement. So, um, you know, uh, John has Yoko there at just about every session. Paul has this uh, this American woman he's been dating called Linda and her little girl, Heather, who Paul later, you know, adopts. Adopted, yeah. Um, and, and so Paul is there singing a very, very, very early rough version of Let It Be and Heather sitting in his lap. And I thought it just gave me goosebumps because I thought here's this, this girl who can go back and say, I was sitting there with them while they right. were while right. they were jamming this. Um, it was, uh, you know, like at one point, Paul is trying to have a very serious conversation with John, and John is responding to him in lyrics from their old song. Like he's like, John's Paul says something, and John says like, "Help me if you can. I'm feeling down." And you, you, it's just something that brothers would do, you know, right. just to get on right. each other. And it just you just see that even when they have disagreements they're still coming back together and they're still who they are. It was not this um, rampant animosity that, that has been, and Paul says actually that uh, we heard an interview with him on NPR and he said it was so gratifying for him to go back and realize it was the way he remembered. He said in the ensuing years, he had started to believe the hype that he was the one who had broken up the beat. He said, I go, went back and was like, no, we were still who we were. And yeah. I mean, there's moments that I just started to cry when, uh, you know, John said something like, well, they're, they're at this point, they know that they're not going to be together much longer. Um, they talk about the fact that their father, you know, um, Brian um, had had OD'd at this point. So, you know, they, they no longer have this this central figure who was basically the fifth beetle who was their father right. figure. And, um, and so they talk about that, that we don't have, we don't have dad to keep us on the straight and narrow, but, um, John says, you know, we'll, we, we are, we're, we're going to go our own separate ways, whatever. But, but even in, he said in, in 50 years, we'll be back together making music and whatever. And it just, you know, at this point he has less than 20 years left of yeah. his life. And yeah. I just wanted and to no cry. Way of knowing that. Yeah. No, no way of knowing it. And and Paul even said, you know, I wish, I wish I knew. He said I talked to him a few weeks before he died, and we left every everything was good, and we we were everything was good. But he said if if I had known, if I had known how short our time was going to be. And, oh, yeah. But that's yeah. for all of us. Oh, you know? without a doubt, without a doubt, yeah. without a doubt. I mean, and I loved, you know, there they are on the roof. They they go on the roof. To, re to record this thing. And of course, they haven't gotten permits or whatever. The cops right. are coming in. The right. cops are coming in and saying, what is going on? And they're trying to stall the cops. And that was that was the last, that was the last live performance of the yeah. Beatles ever. Um, it was it was an incredibly well done, well crafted. Um, so, hello, Dexter. <laughs> Dexter hears something, either yeah. that or he's, you know, speaking about the Beatles. Cameo from Dexter. Anyway, so I think we have, is, is there anything we have left out of our, our 2021 wrap up? I can't. So I we would love to hear from you guys, though. So yes. let us know. Let us know what uh, what books, movies, television did you did you partake of this year that really stands out to you? What, what, what would you recommend? And, um, and let us know what you thought about. The now my dog, here's Dexter. <laughs> it's okay. Pa. And I'm trying to just like talk as though I don't hear it, but you can't not hear it. It's really He's loud. fine. He's fine. He's just Dexter. Sense. He's fine. Dex. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. You're fine. 
It's I just impose back here. This is why we say like this is just a totally off the cuff podcast, and we don't know what's totally. going to happen. We don't know. You never know. Tune in. You never know. But yes, please do share uh, with us your your take, and um, we will look forward to talking with you again in 2022. And you know what? Also, tell us what you would like to hear us talk about. We we would love yes, to have some topics. There's any topics that you yeah. want to hear. If you've thought to yourself, I am dying to know what Violet and Tadra think about, and Dexter. What is Dexter? Hi, Dexter. Hi, baby. <laughs> Look at that face. How can you be mad at that face? Oh, he's such a sweetheart. All right, but uh, on my end, my, my uh, pup is saying, isn't it time for my T-R-E-A-T? There you go. The Q-U-I-E-T. Anyway, yeah. have a wonderful holiday season, everybody, and um, a very happy and safe calm and new calm year. New year. Let's all yes. just tiptoe in. Yes. Let's Be very respectful. Anything. Don't make any Let's demands. Quiet. Let's just let us yoga nidra this. Let's just observe it without judgment. Okay. That's what that's, yeah. that's 2022. Just going to observe. And we want to thank you all for your support you. in 2021. Yes. Thanks for yes. tuning in. Thanks for, um, thanks for listening and, and being a part yeah. of our, an open dialogue family. Yes. We're excited. We're excited to see what 2022 brings. So yes. All right. One way or another. That's right. Bye everyone. Bye everyone.